first time I ever met a peacekeeper was um, on our church mission trip to Haiti. Um, other than that, I had just heard about them. I had met a uh, young uh, peacekeeper from Japan. He was just finishing his time there. And um, it was uh, during that period that we were in Haiti, it was um, probably just a little less than a year after the earthquake in Haiti. And uh, the city of Port-au-Prince had been pretty much destroyed. Uh, the palace was destroyed. You could drive by and see buildings collapsed and, and cars covered in debris. You could drive uh, by dumps that were just uh, miles and miles long with people uh, fishing around in them, looking for different materials to live by. You could see uh, makeshift uh, ship tents all over the place. It was a, a pretty miserable sight. When I was there uh, talking uh, to this peacekeeper from Japan, I, I found a very uh, just warm and pleasant and yet visor- uh, miserable young man. Not miserable in, in, in of himself, but miserable in uh, his state there. He had shared with me that his job was simply to keep the peace, meaning his job was defined as making sure no civil war broke out in Haiti and making sure that Haiti's historic um, neighbor enemy, the Dominican Republic, didn't take advantage of their weakened state. And so day after day, they would drive the roads and jeeps and trucks and armored vehicles, and they would watch all manners of crimes taking place. They would see gangs beating up on somebody, people being stabbed, people being shot, and their job was to just drive by and keep going because their job was simply defined as being peacekeepers. In fact, you can see in the picture, I'm speaking to this young man, and he was just describing to me how they had just come back from um, passing a body in the street and um, waiting for the police to come and do something about it, but the police in Haiti weren't in any uh, great hurry to do anything about much. He said to me, all I want to do is just go back home to Japan and forget about this place. Blessed are the peacekeepers. What did Jesus mean by that? Well, wait a minute, that's a mistake, isn't it? Jesus didn't say, blessed are the peacekeepers. This morning, as we continue our series on the Beatitudes, we're going to look at the seventh Beatitude, which is, blessed are the peacemakers, because 
there's a big difference. We started <clears throat> this series at the beginning of the year because we were looking for more than just the hollowness of a happy new year. We were looking for a blessed new year. Blessed in that <clears throat> God's favor would be upon us. Because the reality is, happiness is an illusion in the sense of what we think happiness is. And even if we could have happiness, if we could control all the things that we're not in control of that could make us happy, the problem is our happiness would bump into each other. What would make me happy wouldn't necessarily make you happy, which would make you unhappy, and therefore you wouldn't be happy. And therefore nobody would be happy. What's real is being blessed. Being blessed by God. Having God's favor upon you. Because when you're blessed by God, when you have a blessed new year, you have a year that not only brings you joy, but it brings joy and peace to the people around you. This morning, we're going to look at the seventh beatitude um, because it shows us the difference of what it means to be a peacemaker, what Jesus meant when he said, blessed are the peacemakers. In fact, we read the text, and Jesus, we're told on the Sermon on the Mount, as he sat with the people, it said, now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. And in the seventh beatitude, beginning at verse 9, we read, he said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. For they shall be called the children of God. Why? Why are peacemakers children of God? And what's the difference between being a person who's a peacemaker and a peacekeeper? I want to share with you from John chapter 1. I don't know, do we have that up there or do I have it in the wrong place? It's not on there. That's not a good thing. Hang on. Let me just, I will read it to you. This is the breakdown with electronic Bibles. I don't know where I am. All right, stop it. In John chapter 1, we read these words. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. 
Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. And the light came in to the darkness. And the darkness didn't understand it. What is he talking about? He's talking about what a peacemaker is and what a peacemaker does. A peacemaker, quite simply, is a person who enters conflict. See, unlike peacekeepers who drive around it and who, who try to ignore the issues, the problems, peacemakers enter right into it. The light entered the darkness. You know what that is? That's what we call conflict. When you have two opposing forces meeting up with each other. You know, the wonderful thing that God does with conflict is when light and darkness, when truth and confusion come together, God takes friction and he makes motion out of it for those who are obedient. Jesus entered conflict. He established order. And in the process, he released beauty. That's what peacemakers do. They enter conflict. The light comes in the darkness. They establish order. It was the light of all mankind. And though the darkness could not overcome it. What happened? For some who are willing to embrace it, beauty was released. What does it mean to be a peacemaker? Technically, it means when one person engages with others to bring about reconciliation to those who are estranged from one another. I mean, think about it. That's what God did for us in Christ, right? While we were estranged from him because of our sin, because we had a difference with God that that we couldn't overcome, he overcame it for us. He entered the darkness. He brought the light. He established life. And he took what was dark and ugly, and he made it beautiful. He released beauty. He took, through his son, two parties that couldn't be reconciled, not because God didn't want it, but because we weren't capable of it. And through his son, he made it possible. That's what peacemakers do. They enter darkness, they establish order, and they release beauty. So what is Christianity? If that's the case, what does it mean to be Christian? Christianity is a call to live as peacemakers and no longer 
as troublemakers. Christianity is a call to live as peacemakers and no longer live as troublemakers. What, do you have to be a troublemaker just because you don't live as a peacemaker? Well, the truth is, yes. Because even to live as a peacekeeper, you're still living as a troublemaker. You know, when, when those jeeps and trucks and armored vehicles drove around violence, were they making peace? No. They were keeping it from getting too far out of hand, but they were engaging and allowing people to live as troublemakers. When we don't enter conflict, when we don't enter chaos and seek to establish order and release beauty, we're just as big as much of the problem as the people who are estranged, warring from one another. One, um, one cynic has said that peace is just a moment among nations for reloading. But you see that in marriages too, don't you? Couples that are just, they're not fighting or arguing anymore because they're exhausted and they're just taking a moment to reload, to get more energy, to get more evidence, to get more bullets. Peacemakers are different. To be a peacemaker means that you have to live in honesty. That's the difference between peacekeepers. Peacemakers are people who are willing to look and honestly describe what's going on in their own lives and the lives of the people around them. They're willing to look at what's going on in relationships and call them for what they are. We don't like doing that because of the conflict it brings. But the truth is, there is no truth unless you're willing to live honestly. And to live honestly means that you have to be even willing to speak to conflict no matter how uncomfortable. Peacekeepers don't do that. Troublemakers don't do that. But God called us from a life of being troublemakers, peacekeepers, to a life of being peacemakers. I love the words of Douglas MacArthur. He said, a truth, a truth is just, just says, you don't shoot for a while. Peace comes when the truth is known. The issue is settled and the parties embrace each other. Now I want you to hear that again because this, this is 
coming from an army general, and he nails it. He says, a truth says you don't shoot for a while. Peace comes when the truth is known, the issue is settled, and the parties embrace each other. That means you speak honestly. We have this idea that if you want to keep the peace, you just keep your mouth shut. If you want to keep the peace, you just, you just tolerate evil. If you want to keep the peace, you just act nice to everyone. Do you know what the definition of nice is? You know, we say to our kids, right? You know, just be nice. Why can't you just be nice to each other? Definition of nice is to be wantingly ignorant. Yeah. Go look it up. To be wantingly ignorant. That's what troublemakers do. Wantingly ignorant of the facts, just doing what feels good, saying what comes to their mind. Peacekeepers aren't looking to be nice. They're looking to be honest. Secondly, people who live not only honestly, but sacrificially, they're willing to put themselves at stake. Hey, Joe, could you turn up the heat? Because I see a bunch of people doing this. Um, yeah. Um, honest To live honestly means you have to live sacrificially, doesn't it? Because if I'm going to be honest, it means you might not be happy with what I say. If I'm going to be honest, it means you might have nothing to do with me again. I know in counseling sometimes I'll try very hard to be gentle and I'll try very hard to be kind. But I'll say what needs to be said. And there are those who receive it and there are those who I never see again. They're not looking for honesty. And they don't understand that it's people who care for you who are willing to risk and say what you don't want to hear. Being a peacemaker with your kids means being willing to lovingly speak what they might not want to hear what you might not want to say or admit. It means being willing to sacrifice friendships, relationships, positions, influence. People are willing to live sacrificially because they're willing to live honestly. And people who understand, that's what it means lovingly. The peacekeepers who were driving around Haiti weren't living lovingly. That's why they were exhausted and ready to go home. It's interesting, isn't it? When you try to just live keeping the peace, just tolerating, uh, just uh, trying to ignore and you know let everybody do their own thing and pretend that you're okay with it. It's exhausting, isn't it? 
I, I, I've sat with men and women who have said that they lived that way all through their marriage until finally they couldn't take it anymore. And then they checked out or they just left because they couldn't stand just peacekeeping. God doesn't want us to be peacekeepers. God wants us to be peacemakers. To be honest, to be sacrificial, to be loving in it. To know that when we speak honestly, we also speak truthfully, which means that we speak sensitively to each other. Just stop for a second, take inventory. How do you do when it comes to peacemaking? Are you a peacemaker? Or just a peacekeeper? Or just blatantly a troublemaker? But really. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. Why? Because they'll be called the sons of God, the daughters of God. We have these terms, a bunch of other things. Why do we do that? I don't even think most people recognize what they're doing. We're not just insulting them. We're, We're going much further. We're insulting their parents. I mean, it's a pretty nasty thing. I'm not going to just go after you. I'm going to go after your parents. You know, I'm going to go after your mother. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God, because they'll reflect God. Feel free to call me a son of God. And Jesus said, you will be in God's eyes. And the truth is, you'll eat eyes if you're willing to seek the peace. Here's the thing. Jesus came into a world of conflict, conflict that you had with God and you had with yourself and you had with your neighbors. And he brought peace to you. He declared that, that, he was not at, that God was not at war with you, but that he loved you. And so here's the deal. If you're going to be like him, then you have to be willing to go and speak words of peace, which are words of love, which are found in in acts of sacrifice and emotions of love for each other which is seeking not to tear people apart and to tear them down, but to build them up and, and to see that. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the people who don't placate, who don't just say what others want to hear. Blessed are those who don't just avoid conflict because they don't want any problems. They don't want any stress. Blessed are those who don't Complain? No. Blessed are those 
who speak the truth but don't complain. Because peacemakers, peacemakers don't act like that way. They don't run around complaining about everything. They don't gossip. They don't lie. They don't act in injustice. They don't isolate themselves from people. <clears throat> it's a tall order when you think about it. But it is an order. Because Christianity is a call to be a peacemaker. It's not an option. To avoid being a peacemaker means to just end up being a troublemaker, even if you think you're not making trouble. Because people who aren't looking to make the peace are making trouble in God's eye. Jesus came and declared God's love. And those who receive it are called to go out and declare it to others. And the beauty is, not only will you live in real blessing, but you'll help others to live in the blessing that God has given you to live in the peace and the contentment that you have in him. I shared this once before. Uh, A number of years ago, I had a chance to see Chuck Colson just before he died. And um, I can't help but tell this story every time I think of this because um, Chuck Colson was not a guy known for being a peacemaker or even a peacekeeper. He was called President Nixon's hatchet man. He was a person who went around and basically did nasty things to people who got in the president's way. He was a person who would fire staff staffers. He was the person who would find out in the Watergate hearings uh, who was speaking to the FBI and try to subvert the process. But the president's always right. And so to be at peace with the president is to be at peace with the world until he got indicted. And he talks about looking over Washington, D.C. one night and, and how he had risen from being a Marine Corps officer to a person who went to law school part-time at Brown to a person who went on to become the chief counsel for the president of the United States. And now the chief counsel, the president of the United States, was going to jail. And he realized it was all bankrupt. And he went to prison. And when he got done serving his time, well, let me just, before that, uh, one of the VPs from Raytheon, who was a Christian, shared the gospel with him and basically told him, Chuck, you've invested your life in things that don't matter. You've looked for contentment and peace where you were never going to find it. So he gave his life to Christ. When he got out of prison, he set on a journey of being a peacemaker. He entered prisons throughout this country and throughout South America, and throughout Europe and the Soviet Union, trying to bring together what he called prison fellowships of 
of men who would just come to men and women and would form Bible studies and would partake in Christian community, supporting and loving one another. And literally, in some countries, transformed the correction system. I saw him a year before he died. And um, it was probably one of the most uh, powerful experiences. When I saw him, he was about, I think, 81 or so. Maybe a little bit older than that. And he still had these very sharp, steel, blue eyes. And, um, and I remember going up and talking to him. He put out his hand and still a strong grip, but, but very gentle. And he would hold it as he talked to him. And as I talked to him, I mean, just, he would look you dead in the eyes. And I, I wanted to cry because there was something in his eyes that was just, it was overwhelming. He was at peace. And I, and I, and I remember thinking to myself, this is Nixon's hatchet man? He used to be. He used to be a troublemaker thinking that he was a peacekeeper. Not recognizing that peacekeepers and troublemakers, they're just the same thing. But then he became a peacemaker. And when you looked in his eyes, you could feel it. You could feel a person who was at peace with himself because he was at peace with God. And he had no problem being at peace with others. And he changed the lives of thousands of people. And you know the interesting thing, when he died, New York Times and the Washington Post, they just recorded it as Chuck Colson, ex-convict, jailhouse conversion, who died at 80-something. He wouldn't have cared less about that. Christianity is a call to being a peacemaker. We think it's an option, don't we? Well, I could do that, and, and that's what really, you know, good people do and saintly people, but I'll just mind my business. I'll just keep my mouth shut. I won't awaken anybody by disturbing anybody. I won't share the good news of the truth of God's love because it could irritate someone. I won't speak out when it's appropriate to say what you think is fun is nothing more than poison you're drinking. I'll just let my kids go off and do what they want because God forbid if I said something and upset them, they may never come back. Trust me, your kids will always come back. I've known pastors who have given their lives to ministries afraid 
of saying things that might upset people and have never had peace. I know husbands and wives who won't say what they know God would have them to say because they don't want conflict. I know church members who will talk behind people's back but they won't step up and come forward and say what they think is true and find out whether it is. And to do so means to never live in peace and to never bring the peace to others. Jesus said, go out and make disciples. Go out to all the and bring peace by speaking of God's love, the God who is no longer at war with them. So you see, <clears throat> who you are in Christ, it does matter. It does connect to what you do. Don't be a peacekeeper. Because you'll just end up participating with troublemakers. Be a peacemaker. And watch the world around you because of you. And watch how you become transformed because of it. Let's pray.